Hey, thanks for tuning in to Recovery State of Mind podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie, and I'm a woman in recovery. On January 23rd of 2020, I made the decision to start a personal journey of recovery regarding my unhealthy relationship with alcohol, undiagnosed mental illness, and improving my overall mental well-being. Each week, I will share my own experiences in recovery, as well as inviting on special guests to share their own personal stories of hope and healing. Some content we discuss can be triggering, and just a reminder, I am not a doctor or licensed counselor of any kind. I'm here to share my experiences in recovery in hopes to inspire others and be a voice of comfort as you too navigate this thing called life. Thanks again for tuning in. Let's get into this week's episode. Hello, welcome back to Recovery State of Mind podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie, and I'm a person in recovery. Um, Today's episode is kind of a mixture of things in regards to recovery. Um, A lot of stuff that I've been dealing with lately or feeling and things like that. Um, Recovery is just like, it's difficult because it's it feels like a never-ending journey. Like, there's no real end date for your recovery. Um, You know, as far as my weight loss and my eating goes, that will follow me all the way to the end of my life. You know what I mean? Like, I have to always keep that focus and decide, you know, what's worth it to me. Like, what what exercises do I want to do? How do I want to eat? That kind of thing. It will never change as far as I'll get to a certain date and be like, oh, everything's great. I don't have to worry about it. So, you know, that can be exhausting And if you think about it too much because all you think about is in the future, like, oh, I'm still going to be doing this. Um, And then in, like, regards to my sobriety, I mean, there's, again, there's no end date. Like, I have a problem with alcohol, I should never drink again, Um, and I'm 130 days sober today, and as proud of myself as I am for that 130 days, it's still like, this will never change. I, I, you know, I'll always be faced with the temptations of drinking. I think that I'll always have to work through my feelings of, you know, whatever I am feeling instead of turning to the alcohol to kind of numb that thought and feeling. Um, so again, it's just, you know, it's a never ending recovery. Um, and I think that can go for so many other things in our lives, like mental health, again, always going to need to be a priority in my life. I'm, you know, I have to actively take care of my mind, um, and stuff like that. So I think I've just been very overwhelmed in the last couple of weeks, um, You know, it's frustrating for me because sometimes I feel like I am having the greatest days. I'm in the greatest moods. I feel good. And then, like, overnight, it's just different. Um, So that frustrates me because I am on medication, and I feel like if I'm on the medication, I shouldn't struggle as hard as I have been. And that journey in itself is one that I'm just really over of trying to find the correct medicine. Um, I've only been taking the antidepressants and stuff since it's been about two years now. Um, And it just feels like it's a guessing game. And, 
you start to feel like a guinea pig a little bit because, well, let's try this or let's try that or, you know, whatever. So I've just struggled with that too. Cause it's almost like, just take me off the medicine. Like I'm so tired of trying to adjust and figure out if this is the right medicine for me. I just lately have just wanted to be like, please just take me off of this at this point and let me see what my body does. So working through that, um, and then on top of recovery, you throw in all the things that are going on in the world. Like it's a very difficult thing to for everybody. And then to kind of already be dealing with other stuff, you know, it's just that on top of it. So uh, I think we live in a scary time right now. There's so much violence and hatred and racism and all those things that go on and it's exhausting. Um, I took a break off of social media yesterday, which is a first for me because normally I can't make it 24 hours without getting on there. But I like, I couldn't take anymore. I couldn't take seeing the violence and seeing the hate that was going on. And there's so many opinions out there and you get one opinion and then someone wants to tell you that opinion's wrong. So then they're, you know, it's just like a back and forth fight and it's just like exhausting. (laughs) So I don't think that that kind of behavior is what is going to provide results in the end. Um, But like, I do feel like I need to try to do my part in some way. There are a couple ways if anyone has been interested, um, I'm going to link it up. There's a GoFundMe page that was started by George Floyd's family. Um, so you can donate there. And then I'll also um, provide a link. It's change.org. And there's a petition you can sign. Um, so those are some things without having to actually get out that you can do that can make an impact Um And I will not go into politics, but I do know that this year I am making sure that I am more educated, uh, making sure that I'm registered in my my current city um, so I have the ability to vote and uh, hopefully make an impact there. So that's something else I would just, I would hope everyone would take an interest in. It's making sure we just are educated around who is going to be leading our country for the next four years. Um, but anyways, some of the things that I've really struggled with this past week is, um, drinking. Uh, it's, it's so like the recovery is not linear. You'll hear that all the time, but it's definitely not like I can go for a week, two weeks, whatever. And I'm like, good. Like, I don't think about drinking anything. And then it's kind of like that switch happens with my mental health. And then that's, it feels like that's all I can focus on. And I really think that the summertime is going to be hard because so many people, like that's a huge activity in the summer is no matter what you do outside, people have drinks, um, you know, stuff like that. And I mean, I don't really have many people I go around that would be like that as far as like, I'm not going to really go to cookouts where they're drinking and things like that. So it's not the support system I have in place will obviously never put me in those situations, but I feel like the cravings have increased. And I think that really is just 
seeing all the commercials about stuff outside and people are always drinking and um, there can be some pretty triggering memes sometimes. Like I love memes. I'm a huge fan. And I know that I was guilty before I realized I had a problem of making jokes about alcoholics and stuff like that. But being on the other side of it now, my perspective has definitely changed. Um, I just, I think so many memes right now are about, you know, how everyone's going to come out an alcoholic after this and blah, blah, blah. And it's, it's just not funny. <laughs> um, and it's not, I'm not trying to be like a Debbie Downer or be like, I can't stand you because you posted this meme. Like, no, I just, it's hard for me as someone in recovery to see all of this constant stuff. And also just like people don't always realize they have a problem. And then, you know, something like this comes up with COVID and they are reaching for a glass of wine for, a, you know, a beer or two. And then that just turns into everyday drinking and excessive drinking. And then before you know it, you really do have a problem. So it's more just like feeling sad that drinking is such a norm when it really is poison for our bodies. Um, but not everyone ends up with a problem, but it just, it makes me realize like how difficult it is for people in recovery to always be bombarded with things like that. So to those of us who are staying sober, like we definitely have to be proud of ourselves um, for fighting that fight every day. And I think the brave thing to do is to stay sober because you do have to face those feelings as much as it freaking sucks. <laughs> but that is braver than trying to numb it and then making things worse. So um, if you're in recovery, like I'm, you know, proud of you just to keep on going. I'm trying to find more of a support system in that area, um, looking for a sponsor, just someone that I can reach out specifically to when I'm having those cravings and that, that they, you know, understand they've been there, they've been through it. So still working on that support system for sure. Um, as far as my sobriety goes, uh, I never was really around alcohol as a kid. Um, my family didn't drink. I went to a pretty conservative Baptist church, and it was basically like, you know, a rule, listen, if you drink. So I was never exposed to that. Um, there was alcoholism that ran in my family, um, so it was always there. And I do remember my mom always just sharing, like, it's not so much that we don't want you to drink. It's that I'm worried about you. You know, our family has addictive tendencies, that kind of stuff. And honestly, I just always blew that off. Like, eh, I mean, I'm not going to get addicted or whatever. Um, but it, I, you know, wish I had really thought about that, I guess. Um, as far as like early drinking, I mean, I didn't have my first drink till I was 20. Um, and it was just a shot, <laughs> but it was the first drink I'd had. Um, I don't really remember like how it made me feel or anything like that. Um, but then after that, I did start, it, it pretty much was anytime I drank, I drank in excess and I drank till I was either sick or like passed out. Um, 
with that came lying and hiding things. At the time, I still lived at home, and uh, I had a friend over for the weekend while my parents were gone, and we just got completely plastered. And honestly, I'm thankful that neither one of us got alcohol poisoning because it was it was pretty bad. And my friend got so sick, she's projectile vomiting everywhere. So I tried to hide that, and uh, it didn't work. Eventually, my parents, you know asked me and found out what had happened. And, um, you know, so even from the the beginning, I was trying to hide things. Um, and then from there it was, you know, a drink here and there when we'd go out for a happy hour at work or dinner or something like that. And, um, I was usually okay with that because I was with other people who we were just doing a drink or two and then we left. So it was okay. But, um, Anytime I was, if I went out or if I was at some kind of get-together, things like that, I always took it way too far. Um, It was just like once I took that first drink, I couldn't stop, especially if it was like liquor. Um, I don't know. It's just like that true, true addiction that when it was in my body, like that feeling that I got, I was truly addicted to that feeling and being able to just like be chill. And when I was drunk, I was completely the opposite of who I am. Normally I was talkative. I was friendly. I would go up and talk to random people, which I would never do in my, you know, sober status. So, um, it was just, yeah, it was that escape of like not having to be who I was and who I wasn't happy with and just numbing myself and being able to be who I wanted. Um, so that pretty much is what happened from there. My 26th birthday, I was pretty much blocked out in less than two hours. Um, I think I did nine or so shots and drank several mixed drinks and that was in about an hour. Um, so again, it was just didn't stop. Um, and I also didn't have a very supportive partner at the time. So it was like, maybe you should stop, but they never said that to me. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like if you're with someone and you see them getting out of hand, you should try, especially if it's your like significant other, like try to to bring them back to reality. But I can't blame that person. I mean, it was the choices that I made. So uh, anyways, after that is same thing. Just anytime I went out, I just was always, I went overboard Um, and right before I ended up going into detox a couple of months before I had two pretty huge incidents with drinking. Um, the first one was really just, I was home alone. I was depressed. I was feeling way too much. So in order to, you know, not feel that anymore, I decided to turn to vodka. Um, and I was so just drunk that I ended up, I was laying on the kitchen floor and I was having just a depressive episode. It was one of those times where you drink so much, then you, you do remember who you are and it is 10 times worse and you're crying and you can't stop. And you just want to make it all stop, make all the pain stop. And I remember just picking up, there was a piece of glass on the floor from um, a cup I had broken earlier in the day that I hadn't seen. And I just slashed my arm. I just, once I started, I was like, I couldn't stop. 
because at that, that point I could focus on that pain and try not to focus on what was really upset upsetting me, um, which ultimately backfired. I mean, I the rest of the night was terrible, and then I was, you know, I'm carrying around those scars. Even today, it's been almost a year, and the scars aren't completely gone. So there's always that shame too, walking around like in a, in a t-shirt, like is someone going to ask me what's what happened to my arm, type of thing. Um, so that obviously was not the answer by any means to self-harm. And then just the last incident that was like, wow, I really have to get my life together. Um, (laughs) I had made a very weird decision, not weird, but poor decision to date a man that was much older than myself. And, um, I really, looking back, I really don't understand why, like, not that he wasn't attractive or anything like that, but he was 52. So he was almost 20 years or wait, no, he was 20 years older than me plus some, um, and, uh, he just wasn't a good influence. Um, he drank a lot and loved to drink. He also smoked pot and smoked all the time, um, which got me into doing those things even more than I already was. So that was just like the beginning of the end um, because the last night that him and I went out on a date, we went out with his friends, which I didn't really want to. I didn't have much in common with them. It was just I knew I would drink, and um, I absolutely did again, way too much. I was not just drunk, but I was high on marijuana. Um, and I was like that night I realized like, I'm being so stupid dating this guy. I mean, he was passing around weed to girls that were younger than his daughter. And I don't know. It was just like, I realized like, what the heck, who is this guy? Why am I here with him? But instead of like, sobering up and just finding a way to get home. Um, I just kept drinking and just made some really poor decisions that night that, you know, the next day and a couple of days after I just started thinking about what was I doing? Like, why was I, why was I putting myself in situations like that? Why was I picking such toxic people to be around? Um, and it wasn't till another month or so before I ended up going into detox, looking for some inpatient help. Um, And I'm grateful that I was able to realize I needed help. So I didn't realize I needed help with alcohol. Um, I had some friends here and there joke about me drinking so much. And I just was like, no, I'm just, I'm I'm young. I'm having fun. I never really went through a party party stage. And, um, even when I went in for inpatient, originally it was really just for mental health purposes. And then through a lot of the questions that they asked, um, they said I needed to go through detox um, and put me through some other things for substance abuse. And even then it was like, this is stupid. Like I don't have a problem with drinking. I drink too much sometimes, but like my intentions when getting out at first wasn't to stop drinking. 
it was to get through being there and hopefully improve my mental health. But I still planned on having drinks. And then the more, the longer I stayed there and the more open I became with my mom and, and dad about what had been going on, like it was just, I realized that coming out of this and not staying sober was the worst thing I could do. And so here I am 130 days later and I'm sober, but it has not been easy at all. Um, there's like a stigma too, I feel like around addicts that sometimes with the addict, they are, they don't think that you're an alcoholic enough. Like I never hit rock bottom to where I was living on the streets or that I had to sell everything to get drug money or, you know, things like that. I never hit that place. So sometimes I feel out of place, like people are judging me in recovery meetings because, you know, I didn't have that story. But I look at it as, thank God I was brave enough to do something now versus letting it go. And, you know, 30 years down the road, if I'm even still alive, you know, still having such an, a problem. Um, and, I, you know, honestly, too, on the other side of it, I, I do feel like I have a pretty good support system. I mean, my parents are my number one support and then my good friends, um, my closer friends, I feel like they support me, but they haven't been through it. So, you know, it's a different kind of support. And then I feel like I just have acquaintances who are like, don't think I have a problem at all and don't understand like why I'm choosing to be sober. And, you know, there's no way I was an alcoholic because I didn't have that rock bottom story. Um, so it's kind of, it's it's been me having to mentally just stop worrying about what other people are thinking and just owning my situation as I know it and dealing with it that way. Um, if I try to, to recover based on everyone's opinions, I would go just right back down to that, to that dark place, um, back to drinking, you know, all those things, because at the end of the day, the hardest part is no one truly understands how you feel. No one truly knows what you've been through. No one truly understands the thoughts that have gone through your head, even if you try to explain. Um, so you have to find that place in yourself, that trust in yourself that this is how you feel, and finding the right support system and the right resources for, for myself. So for me, that has been therapy. Um, you know, COVID has kind of affected that. Um, but I do think having that therapist is important for me. Um, the other thing is that I've been attending like online recovery meetings. Um, I'm going to link up the website in the rooms.com. It's a place for lots of online, like virtual meetings. They are recovery meetings, but they're not just Alcoholics Anonymous. There's actually an overeaters uh, meeting. There's pretty much anything that you can think of that you've struggled with. Um, there's a room for that. And that really helps to listen to other people's stories and realize like they've been through some of the similar things and that they can at least relate to your situation. Again, I don't think anyone will truly ever understand but they can relate. They've been through things themselves. And so it's typically a really positive environment. Um, 
I'm a part of an online support group too for uh, alcoholics addiction. And um, anytime that I ever post anything, I get so much positive feedback from these people and people that I don't even know, you know, saying that they really hope I make it through, you know, whatever I'm dealing with or, or they'll, they'll offer resources or even send me messages privately and say, like, I've been through this. If you need to talk, I'm here, that kind of thing. So just finding that support. Um, and then the hardest part though, and this is where I'm at right now is seeking out those things, um, consistently, I have felt very down. I think a lot of what's going on in our country right now has made me feel even more anxious and depressed on top of the things that I already kind of have as a baseline in my thoughts every day. Um, So it's been really difficult to want to reach out. Um, I, I know that therapy would be a good place for me to go, but it's been very hard to want to. After my last uh, last session about two weeks ago, I felt really emotionally drained afterwards, and uh, it's hard to want to go back sometimes at first because you feel like I have nothing left to say, um, but I know I need to do that. It's hard to talk to my support system, um, so with my parents being the biggest support, it has absolutely nothing to do with them that I don't want to talk it's just that I hit a place where I'm so tired of, of everything, of, of how I feel. And I'm just like, what's the point of sharing with anybody else at this point? Because there isn't a fix. There isn't something they can do for me. There isn't something that they can suggest that I haven't tried. You know, it's just, it gets frustrating because you still, in my mind, I still feel like nobody understands and that might not even be true. Like they may not understand completely, but they can be empathetic and be there for me. But I do just really struggle when I get to this place. It's like stubbornness comes out and it's just, I want to give up completely. So I'm really struggling with that these days, but I'm hoping that I'll just ride the wave, get through it. And, and I pray that things in our country do change. For the better and that you know that can provide some relief it's been a really tough year for everyone and I try to remember that everyone in my life is going through things just as, as much as I am and so that's you know it's difficult because in recovery we're supposed to ask for support but at the same time as someone who is an empathetic person it's hard for me too to put my shit on them when I know that they're already struggling with other stuff So it's all just in the mind. It's a lot of working through all that for sure. Um, So I did schedule a therapy session. So I'm going to force myself to go do that Um, tomorrow. I'm recording this on a Monday. So I think on a, you know, Tuesday will be good. Still early in the week. Maybe hopefully, hopefully set my mind in a better place. Um, But if you are out there and you need to hear it, you're not alone. You may feel alone, um, but even if there's not someone with you in person, like there's people like me who, if I could give you a hug or, you know, just sit and listen to you vent, I would 100% because 
that's why I created this podcast to just hopefully help other people that they can find someone they relate to and they can hear it from the perspective of someone who's been through it and who is still going through it. Um, and just be an encouragement. I know this episode probably hasn't felt super encouraging, but this is just where I'm at right now. And, um, I want to put the good, bad, and the ugly on here so people get a genuine story. So, um, that's what I wanted to share today. I have linked up some resources in the show notes. Um, alcohol.org is a great resource as well for, uh, anything alcohol related. So alcohol abuse and all that gives you some resources and also some ideas of, uh, treatments if you feel like you need that. Um, so I would, I would recommend checking that out. Uh, and then I am linking up in the show notes as well, the George Floyd GoFundMe page, as well as change.org. If you want to sign the petition, um, and then also, as I talked about in the rooms, I want to link that homepage for you. So if you want to check it out, um, and the nice thing is with these virtual meetings, you don't have to share if you don't want to, it's really, you can listen to every story and just feel like connected. But if you do ever want to share, you have that opportunity. So I would really recommend checking that out. I think it would be something that's helpful especially right now with COVID and not really being sure of going outside and going to other places. So as always, thank you for listening. I hope that if you're struggling, this just lets you know you're not alone. Please feel free as always to reach out to me on Instagram or send me an email. Um, But until then, I do truly hope you'll take care of yourselves. Reach out to someone if you are struggling as hard as it is. I'm going to work on that this week of being more active, of reaching out and finding the support I need. Um, But thanks again for listening. If you have a moment to subscribe or to provide a review, I would love that. Appreciate that. You can find me on several different platforms. Um, But if you could subscribe on Apple Podcasts and rate, I would really appreciate it. Thanks, guys.